Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. If you don't already support us, you can do so by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you can click on one of our two friendly yellow buttons, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And thank you for your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, May 24th, 2016. So we're going to test some fresh words today. Because, I mean, isn't that what the uh, certain parts of the charismatic movement are all about? Fresh words. What is God saying to the church? What is God up to? Well, we'll take a look. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you slow down and stop and open up your Bible and compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. There is no shortage of really bizarre, crazy things being said out there, all in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. And what we do is we test, we open up our Bibles and we test to see what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, authors, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and uh, those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books we need to be buying and whose, well, you know, small group curriculum we need to be studying instead of the Bible to see if what they're saying squares with what God's Word says when we put it back in context, or are they twisting and mangling it and making a mess, generally teaching for shameful gain the things that they ought not to teach. That's what we do here at Fighting for the Faith. This is a politically incorrect program because we name names, we play sound bites from people, we step on toes, we try to have a little fun along the way. So, uh, so here's this idea. If you read any of the New Apostolic Reformation guys, you know, and gals, you know, those out there claiming to be prophets to the nations, prophets to the church, apostles and things of that nature, they all claim to be receiving fresh uh, words, fresh anointings, fresh glory. I mean, they're not into that really stale Bible stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's what God spoke then. I mean... Look at the Bible. I mean, is it should have a shelf life. I mean, think about it. I mean, here we've got a Bible, and the last book of, of the Bible, the book of Revelation, is like 1,900 and something years old. I mean, we need, uh, we need to know what God is saying here, now, right now, to his church. And so... <laughs> For today's episode, we're just going to tootle around, if you would, including the sermon review, and we're going to test all these fresh revelations from the fresh revelators and uh, see, I mean, 
if this is really something that we need to be keying in on, something that we've got to be paying attention to and, you know, put that Bible away, let it collect a little bit more dust, if you would. And uh, and so what we're going to, oh man, uh, we're going to have to play our warning before we get started. So we're going to start off with Prophecy Open Mic. We're heading over to um, Glory of Zion and we're going to be listening to the May 8th, uh, 2016 Prophecy Open Mic Uh, And it's titled, A Time to Rip Open the Seams. That's the name of that one. Then we're going to head over to Great Britain and listen to Colette Toach wax eloquent about her introduction to prophetic warfare. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, have you ever been wanting to know, I mean, really how to get the prophetic warfare thing done? Well, Colette Toach. I'm sorry. Apostle. Apostolette. Colette Toach is going to be helping us out there. Then we're going to head down to San Diego to the fire and glory outpouring as we listen to Miranda Nelson apparently uh, bake her brain on the glory or something to that effect. And (laughs) then we're going to ask the question somewhere along the lines, is um, Sean Bulls an open theist? You're going to, what? Well, yeah, an open theist. One of the tenets of open theism is, is that God doesn't know the future. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to a, a little tidbit from Sean Bowles on whether or not uh, you know well if God's an open theist that's not when he named the segment but you'll understand it when we get there and then we're going to listen to Patricia King and Clarice Fluitt uh, talk about the glory of the latter house uh huh the glory of the latter house I think the glory of the latter house would be uh, the bank accounts of senior citizens I'm just saying we'll take a look at how they're twisting Haggai. Uh, chapter 2, verse 9. And then for our sermon review, we're going to head over to uh, Grace Center in Franklin, Texas. Uh, sorry, Franklin, Tennessee. My apologies. Franklin, Tennessee. And listen to Jeff Dollar and his sermon titled, What Used to Work? What Used to Work? And, uh, and all of these things will have something to do with fresh revelations, if you would. And uh, so that will be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend that you make yourself comfortable. And uh, since this episode, (laughs) oh man, in particular, will be particularly bizarre, that requires us to do this. Warning. The Fighting for the Faith radio broadcast contains spiritually volatile content. This material is not suitable or recommended for those with itching ears or those dependent upon subjective emotional experiences. Fighting for the Faith is not responsible for feelings of disillusionment or disappointment with your man-centered, seeker-sensitive church. We are unable to compensate listeners for time wasted listening to their pastor's narcissistical sermons or serving in their church's redundant, ineffective ministries. Listen at your own risk. If after listening to Fighting for the Faith, you experience a genuine gospel awakening lasting more than five hours, seek the help of a qualified, faithful Bible-teaching pastor. Always take Fighting for the Faith with an open, English-sanctified version Bible. Results will vary. Use as needed. Some discernment required. You've been warned. Chief Ray, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. In laboratory mice, their teams have sliced. They're pinky, they're pinky, and the brain, 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 brain. Before each night is done. 
Their plan will be unfurled by the dawning of the sun. They'll take over the world. They're Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. Their twilight campaign is easy to explain. To prove their mousy worth, they'll overthrow the earth. They're Pinky. They're Pinky and the Brain. Brain, 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 Brain. All right, heading over to Gloria Zion out there in Texas says uh, there this is their May eighth, twenty sixteen prophecy open mic titled "A Time to Rip Open the Seams." Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the way, this is not the gift of tongues. Tongues in Scripture are human languages. Yeah, and what this man is doing is strictly forbidden. In church, in the book of First Corinthians, we continue. Let's get ready to rumble. Somebody get that guy an antacid. All right. Next up, Chuck Pierce. And I say the way that you have been seen together and what you have displayed in days past, I am ripping out the seams. And I say some of you are being distressed because of the ripping that's going on. Oh, yeah. You know, when that ripping of the seams happens, whoo. That could be painful. But there is light captured within you that cannot come forth. Therefore, if you will allow me to rip these seams, that which I put on you will be more of a translucent mantle, and what is in you will be seen. So we're looking for translucent mantles after the seams have been ripped. Okay. At the Lord, I say, let my light shine. Let my light shine. Let my light. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Shine through you. Yeah, I, I didn't understand any of that, did you? say that this that you are seeing in the earth in this hour, know that it is not just a move of revival. Although I will revive my people in a new way, I say this is not a move of revival. I say this is not a move of just restoration. For surely... Oh yeah, start writing this down. I gotta take notes on this. Wow, my mind is blown. My whole Christian walk is gonna be changed after hearing this. I will restore in this hour. I will restore that that the canker worm and the locust has eaten away. I will restore the losses of the last season. But I say this is more than restoration. I say this is not just a move of transformation, says your God. But no. Really, that's what God says? Really? Okay. That I will transform. I will make all things new. I say this move that I am releasing in the earth is a move of glory, says your God. For I am bringing back the glory that was lost even at the fall. I say my... Well, yeah, 
Yeah, he is at the end of the earth. Yeah, that's for sure. People shall release a move of glory in this hour. And I should say this glory will brighten up the dark places of the earth. I say my glory will come and it will bring change. And I say darkness will not be able to overpower my glory. But my glory will overpower darkness. I say this. I think this is a theology of glory, don't you? Yeah. Even the glory that was upon my son on the Mount of Transfiguration. I say it was a glory that was released. And I say it was not just for my son. But I say I have put it into my sons and my daughters. That same inheritance of glory. So I say now, this is the time I release my Yeah, that was pretty much a worthless revelation. I mean, seriously. I mean, what was the cash value of that thing? It's just total, utter nonsense. Uh-oh, Chuck Pierce is looking pretty serious here. Now, this is one of those unusual things. Okay, we've got an unusual thing here, folks. You might want to be sitting down. After AC gave that tongue and I prophesied about the seams in you being ripped out, Mary Ellen Jansen came forth and said this morning the Lord told her to bring me this seam ripper. Oh, oh that that's confirmation. That had to be from God, you know, because, you know, seam ripper... Oh, man, the whole Seam Ripper thing is just amazing. It's going to change my life. I feel so closer to Jesus now. Not really. I mean, this is just nonsense. Yeah, by the way, a, a demon could have prompted her to do that. I'm not hearing anything about Jesus. Are you hearing anything about Jesus? Yeah, no, I'm not hearing anything about what God's Word says. I mean... Do you think the, that Peter, James, and John, the Apostle Paul, whooped and hollered and carried on in church like this? This morning when she got up, God told her, it's a day to rip out the saints. Now let me tell you something, all of you that's out there, on the web, anybody that hears. Well, that would include me. If you can't see God... Come down from heaven and say something, and it be interpreted, and then it be demonstrated, because he wants you to know he is ready to rip a seam out of your life and put a new translucent thing, garment on you that can he can shine through you. You need... To- yeah, listen, um, I don't think anyone wants to see me wearing anything translucent. I could get arrested in public if I did if I wore something like that. Yeah, you, re- you really think this is from God? I mean, this is nonsense. To say, Lord, I need to get. Sa- Wait a second. I seem to remember a story. Have you ever guys ever heard the story of the the uh, the the king's new wardrobe or something like that? You know, it was a, it was like a Hans Christian Andersen story about. This king and these guys came and they 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 wove together this amazing cloth and and made uh, the most outrageous garment for the king and 
And, of course, nobody can see the garment except for them. And, of course, the king pretended he could. And so he put on these new clothes and paraded himself down the street uh, in the nude, you know. Um, yeah, I, so I think that's what this is. This is <laughs> the prophecy of parading yourself around in, in spiritually translucent clothes, which means you're going to be parading around <clears throat> in all of your naked glory. Save today. If you cannot see God working in the midst of this place today, you need salvation. Oh, yeah, I'm not even saved. Sorry, there's nothing that makes me believe that God has anything to do with what you're doing there. And I haven't heard anything that even remotely sounds like God the Holy Spirit or God the Son, Jesus Christ, or God the Father. No, this is just nonsense. You need to understand that's why he has first fruits. That's why he gathers his people together, because he's got something to say. Well, of course, he had it written down by the prophets and the apostles. They're still teaching us to this day. I listen to them because I know I have the word of God. There's nothing that would make me believe for a second that God has anything to say in what you're doing there. And when he says it, that means he's going to do it. Look at somebody and say, there's a seam going to be ripped out. This Whoa, yeah, oh, my life has totally changed. That. Seams are going to be ripped out. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I, what on earth? And somebody spontaneously whips out from the band the rip out the seam chorus. Now I'm putting on a new mantle. I'm ripping out the seams. I'm bringing forth a new I am ripping forth and bringing that new mantle, but I am also packing a new source of provision for that next generation. And All right, packing a new source of provision. All right, yeah, now we're talking. These days, where people thought you were just a weed to be plucked up and cast into the fire, I am going to transform those things into that which is glorious to bring forth my fragrance of my glory. So I He's going to bring forth the fragrance of his glory. Wow, okay. They invest into that which is to come because the provision is here. Yeah, is the body of Christ being built up and edified through this? I and the Lord says that many of you in the last season were in a wineskin, and it wasn't a wineskin of me. And the Lord Oh, no. Were you trapped in a wineskin? Yeah, that's a really awkward thing to have happen to you. Spiritually, yeah. You know, especially if you're, oh man, if you were in an old wineskin. Yeah, yeah, no, you got to get out of that thing, you know, and you got to get into the new wineskin. In that ripping of the seams, that, that if you will, if you will listen to me and release your sound as you have never. You got to release your sound, you know, with the new wineskin thing before and and to and to take that sound and pierce that wine the, those those uh membranes it right so you <laughs> use that sound to pierce those wineskin membranes 
Right. It wasn't a wineskin, it was a membrane that kept you from going forward. The Lord's... Right, those membranes, they can totally tie you up, man. Oh, if you're thinking, how do I get to the next level spiritually? Well, a membrane may be holding you back. Says that he will bust you forth. He will bust you forth. So uh, arise, release your sound in this hour. Release your sound. That's right. I, I'm going to go with my primal wop. Wop. There it is. I just released my sound. And see my kingdom established in your midst. Right. The kingdom will be established by releasing a piercing sound that will break the membranes. Got it. Now loose a sound. Loose a sound. Wop. Wop. There I go. I'm, I'm releasing sound. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was just an example of utter insanity. Okay. <laughs> so that that's a, it's a, it's an example of some fresh revelation. Fresh. Yeah, really, really, really fresh. Moving along. Down at an English fair, one evening I was there. When I heard a showman shouting underneath the flare I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts There they are standing in a row Big one, small one, some as big as your head Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts Every ball you throw will make me rich There stands me wife the idol of me life, sing and roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a bowl a ball, roll a bowl a ball, sing and roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Yeah, that's right. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Time to check in with um, self-appointed apostolette Colette Toach. As she is going to explain to us, well, some important things you may never have understood regarding prophetic warfare. Yeah, this is from her introduction to prophetic warfare course. Uh, <laughs> hope you're sitting down. <laughs> Here we go. In the prophetic warfare course, I'm going to help you achieve one of the main things that burns in you. Okay. Do you know what that is? No. That is to set the captives Free. Oh, yeah. R right. I mean, what's the point of doing prophetic warfare if you're not setting the captives free? You know how many prophets go around and really have no idea about how to set the captives free? That <sighs> That's embarrassing. I mean, what's the point of being a prophet then, you know, and doing prophetic warfare if you aren't, well, you know, setting captives free? I mean... Oh, talk about guys who are totally oblivious. Want to set the captives free, yeah. but they don't know how to set the captives free. Right. And so they think standing up, giving a prophetic word, or seeing demons and shouting at demons is a way of setting captives free. But it doesn't work that way. No, no, of course it doesn't. You know how it really works, though, Apostolette Colette Toach, don't you? And the prophetic warfare course, you are going to find teachings that I promise you guarantee you 100 percent 
that you will not find anywhere else. What you- right, of course, like including the Bible. Yeah, she, she's got insight that ain't nobody got. No way. I mean, she's got doctrines that never been heard before. Where'd you get them from, Colette? Fine, and that prophetic warfare book is so unique, so ex- so incredible. It will explode so many things into your mind. Into- yeah, I don't want my mind to be exploded. That that could be painful. Understanding, starting with the very first chapter, where we start looking about what the enemy looks like. How really? What does he look like? Approaches things. You know, in, even in natural warfare, if you want to engage in any kind of warfare, you need to know your enemy. But Well, yeah, that makes sense. The purpose for knowing your enemy is knowing so that you know how to overcome him. Okay. Do you know what the problem is with most deliverance ministries? Is it- um, That they even exist? Yeah, because that's totally unbiblical. Going around, talking to demons, finding out all about Satan's kingdom, and not using any of that in learning how to overcome him. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, well, have you considered the source? Yeah, if you're talking to demons, um, they are the horde of the devil and they don't speak the truth. What makes you think that any information or intel that you get from a demon is trustworthy? You see, that's what you're going to find extremely different in this course. Right. What's extremely different is that she listens to demons and writes down their lies and believes that it's somehow recon. Yeah. Okay. Again, you're not only going to learn the principles, but you're going to learn the practicalities. Not only are you going to learn everything you need to know about Satan's kingdom and how it's set up and how he operates, but you're going to learn that you, firstly as a believer, and then secondary as a prophet, have the authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to overcome him in every single area of your life. Right, 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 yeah, authority, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Do you really think the devil is behind... Every little problem in my life. Yeah, if you were to take the devils and lock them all up in the pit of hell, we'd still have a very, very sinful world with all kinds of bad results as a result of our sin. Every single area of the lives of others. You're going to learn to set the captives free and release them to fulfill the destiny that God has for them. Uh, Yeah, release them to fulfill the destiny. Yeah, the dream destiny thingy. Sounds to me like Colette Toach is uh, one of these captives who has yet to be set free. Yeah, (laughs) just think about it here. I mean, she's utterly clueless, claims to be an apostolate. There are no apostles on the earth today. And now she's thinking that uh, she's really got some revolutionary prophetic warfare course where she's written down the lies of the devil and thinks that this is going to be the game changer when it comes to warfare with the devil. Yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, setting the captives free, well, hard for one to be doing that when Colette Toach herself is one who needs to be set free from all of this false doctrine and false teaching. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com. Or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we got Miranda Nelson. We've got Patricia King and Clarice Fluitt. We've also got Sean Bowles. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss them. We'll be right back.
We don't need to rethink Christianity. We need to rediscover it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> Deep in the Australian wilderness, and also the typhoid infested waters of the Bongo River, Captain Worthington and his ragtag group of men have found themselves to be hopelessly lost. Surrounded by the vicious savages of the Hibuku tribe, and now the TP has run out. It's been 27 days without food, and Private Jenkins doesn't care. Oh, do shut up, Nigel! We don't need you narrating every little thing that goes on. It's bad enough already. We don't need you reminding everyone about it. Sorry. Now, gentlemen, the hour is dying. There's not much hope of us getting out of this predicament with our lives or sanity. What are we going to do, Captain? Well, we can do one of two things. We can either die in a blaze of glory, charging the Hibuku tribe in battle, or sit on the riverbank saying to ourselves, Oh, Mommy, Mommy, please make the bad people go away. I vote for the second one. Shut the noise, you pansy! Now, Captain, I have an idea that might just save our hides from the impending doom on the other side of the tree line. Well, out with it, man. Out with it. I happen to have... In my possession, a copy of Zondervan's latest book, The Grimoire of Modern Prayer. Well, that's excellent news. We have TP again. Woo-hoo. No, no, no. We're not using it for that. Then what exactly are we using it for? Uh, it says this. With this volume, you can command and control the very will of God with relative ease. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Are you sure we can do that? Well, the, the book says we can. Is there any proof? Well, Stephen Furtick did write the introduction where he explains how it's changed his life. Well, um, how does it work? Simple. We can choose from any one of these prayers. Captain Worthington, a book approaching! Blasted! Perkins, get your act together and start reading from the book. It's our only chance. I don't know which one to read first. Which ones do you have to choose from? Well, there's the Scenting Prayer, the Circle Maker Prayer, the Prayer of Jabez. The Circle One. Let's go with that one. Okay, the book says to draw a circle around what you're praying for. Well, that's us. Quick, men, draw a circle in the dirt around us. Step two, begin to pray for whatever it is that you're in need of. I really want a Ferrari. A Ferrari. You nitwit, we need protection. Now pray, audaciously. Oh, Lord, we are not going to leave this circle until you rescue us from our enemies. Amen. Thank God, Nigel! Are you sure? Pretty sure. Unless he can breathe without his head being attached to his neck. Oh, dear. Well, there goes our narrator. What are we going to do, sir? Well, the circle prayer didn't work, so let's try something else. Packins! Working on it, sir. I, I think I got it. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's a, 
the, the Hubuku Drive, then I have catapults! Jumping Jehoshaphat! This next prayer had better work, Perkins! This one will work. It's the, uh, it's the Sun Sandstow prayer. What good will that do? It's in the middle of the night! It doesn't matter what you think. This is sure to work. We just have to have audacious enough faith to ask God for the impossible. You heard the man. Get praying. I still want a Ferrari, a pet raptor, no debts, Ooh, and better sex. You're just not getting this, are you? Captain, they, 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 now, have, cannons! Well, this is impossible. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that all this fresh revelation is actually stale old heresy. Well, schlocky gobbledygook and stuff like that. Well, because it is. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio, and that means we depend, truly, truly depend, on you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to into the world. And you can partner with us. It's a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. 
The other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you are signing up to automatically contribute an amount that you pick. You get to pick your rank in our crew. There are four ranks to choose from, and they are Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month, Gunner's Mate $24.95 a month, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. It's a great way to support us, by the way. Of course, if you would like to specify the amount or make a one-time contribution, you can do so by clicking on the Donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Moving along. Get up right now. That's uh, Hubabaconda. So we're heading over to San Diego uh, to the fire and the glory outpouring, which has been going on for a long time now. And uh, this was from May 20th. Um, uh, Miranda Nelson apparently uh, baked her brains on the glory. And I'll, we'll have to just relay the event itself so you can kind of see what happened. Uh, at this point in the uh, fire and glory outpouring, praise and worship time has now ended Miranda has taken the stage and is sitting or standing behind a, a music stand as she gets ready to deliver a fresh word from God. Here we go. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, God! You're worthy! Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! He's so good. He's so good. Good. He's so good. Doesn't it? The more we worship, the more we get revelation of who he is. And the more we get revelation of who he is, the more I want to worship. Oh, it's just like that circle of life thing. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. And his presence is in this place. I don't know if anyone else smells that fragrance, but I've been smelling it. Yeah, I've been smelling it since... The first song. <laughs> yeah, some lady probably had perfume on. <laughs> it's so good. He comes and he clothes us with his perfume. Amen. He sprays his perfume. He releases his perfume. His God is releasing perfume. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you wonder, what about those with invisible disabilities, you know? In this place, amen. When he comes, you smell him. <laughs> He's so good. Thank you, Jesus. So what does Jesus smell like? Yes, God is good. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the fire and glory outpouring. 
We have been going strong night 107 tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. No end in sight while there. It's, it's switched. Wow, that's so good. Anyone else smell that? Yeah, come on. Thank you, Jesus. That's good. Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's releasing his anointing, his perfume. It's intimacy. Amen. We're on night 107 and no 107 nights of this kind of nonsense. Wow. Insight because God's moving. Amen. You think that's God? Really? So we're just going. We're going for it. We're going for revival. God's pouring out his spirit and it it's it changes every single night. Every single night. I know it's good. <laughs> it's getting stronger. <laughs> the more we honor him, the more he shows up. Amen. The more the more we honor him. Wow. <laughs> the more we honor him, the more he comes. Oh my goodness. Wow, if you're watching my live stream, you need to get here. It's good. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Apparently the smell is akin to marijuana or something. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want more. God, we just say we want more, Lord. We want to know you more. We want to see you more. We want to encounter you more. We want to be, clo- we want to be clothed with your presence, God. We want to be clothed in glory, God. We want to encounter you. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know you, God. And we want to be representatives of Christ on the earth, Lord. Well, that would require you to actually preach him and rightly handle his word and None of this is actually biblical or even Christianity. I don't know what this is. Clothed in your glory, God. So we just thank you for being in this place, Lord. Keep coming, God. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Who knows what's going to happen tonight, man? (laughs) Man, that is so good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo. And now, <laughs> apparently she's been taking bong hits somewhere, you know. It's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. It's hard to transition when he's here. <laughs> yeah, that's not demonic at all, is it? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to try and do this fast so that we can just get Jeremy up and he can roll. But <laughs> because uh, I'll roll in this, it's it's... Oh, man, just smother us, Lord. Woo! He kisses us with the kisses of his mouth. Amen. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what it is with mystics. I always turn the love of God into a, you know, the erotic love of God. This is, wow. His perfume's poured out. Woo! Oh, man. <laughs> He shades us under the shade of the apple tree. Come on, he takes us to his banqueting table. His banner over us is love. Oh, man. He's a love encounter. He is a love encounter. He is. He's a love encounter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is love. He is love. He is love. And he's pouring out love. He's pouring out intimacy. There's an invitation to draw near. Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Amen. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, man. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Woo! We love you. We love you. We love you. Woo! Uh Uh-huh.
Oh man, God is good. You can just bask in that. Well, you know, if I if I were to do this at the church I serve, you know, send the pulpit and you know start talking like this, they'd call the um, the medical professionals and have me taken away. You know, and yeah, I'd end up at the local hospital in the psych ward. <laughs> oh, where's Jeremy? Can you come take over? <laughs> Oh, man, I can't stand in this, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's like Toronto, part two. Yeah, that that may be a spirit that's causing that, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. All right, Miranda has uh, sat herself down. Yeah, wow. I think you kind of get the point there. Wow, that was um, bizarre, somewhat frightening. Um yeah, I, you you think that was fresh revelation from God? That was his spirit causing them to completely lose control of themselves in that way? Yeah, I don't think so. All right, moving along, we're going to ask the question, is Sean Bowles, the guy who uh, is able to do prophetic readings while looking at social media on his smartphone, <laughs> is does he believe that God is an open theist? And you're thinking, well, okay, what's open theism? Well, for for this exercise, just keep in mind that open theism, one of their tenets, is that God doesn't know the future. Let's see what uh, Sean Bowles has to say about that. Here we go. Involved in my kids' lives, once they're adults, part of the joy of a parent is that you get to watch who your kids are going to choose. You don't control it. And it brings you more glory to be hands-off because you're entrusting what you develop. It brings me glory to have a hands-off approach with my children. What? side of them to be hands off. Sometimes God's silent over you, not because he's being mean. Yeah. Not because he doesn't like you. Okay. Not because it's actually because he's trusting what he's put inside of you and he wants to see what you'll choose. Oh yeah. So God wants to see what I'm going to choose. <laughs> um, yeah, you are where God's in eternity and we're in time and space. Um, therefore God knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly the decisions I'm going to make in my life. Um, these are not anything that would shock God, uh, or you, he's sitting there going, I wonder what Chris is going to do today. (laughs) I have no idea what he's going to do. You know, you think about Ephesians 2, you know, uh, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, you know, for good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah, so, you, you know, you think of, you know, Jeremiah being called, you know, to be a prophet before he was even conceived, Right. Huh, it's as if God knows the future. Why would God want me to do things and then sit back and go, I wonder what he's going to do? When people use the prophetic to be like a psychic medium, you know, tell me who to marry, what to do, where I'll get money, what I should do. This is not the function of prophetic ministry. Oh, okay. The function of the prophetic ministry is to create empowerment inside of you so you'll grow more into his image. 
And sometimes he actually withholds speaking to you because he wants to see what you'll choose. I All right, yeah, God wants to see what I'm going to choose. He's, yeah, utterly clueless. My parents with me growing up, there was times when I was making life-critical choices as a teenager. Do I want to go into performing arts or do I want to go into ministry? And my parents with all their hearts wanted me to do ministry because that's what they wanted to do. But my dad did a military career. So he's like, I mean, they raised us around the ministry. So when I'm going, I don't know if I should do ministry. And you can just feel in their hearts like, I want to do performing arts in Los Angeles. And they're like, no. But in their, out of their mouths came, we want to see what you're going to decide. We love you. We trust you. Either way, you're going to have a great life. We- yeah, so apparently, um, you know, you just taken a, a metaphor from our life here, uh, which is like comparing apples and oranges. We are actually inside of the time-space continuum that God has created. God is outside of it. He can come into it whenever he wants. And of course, he's everywhere. He knows the end from the beginning. And you take a, an example from parenting and extrapolate it, pick it, pin it on God. And now we've got some new doctrine regarding God that you know sometimes he was he withholds the prophetic in order to see what we're going to decide. Says no biblical text anywhere. This is this is actually heresy, and the reason why is because it's denying one of the clear revelations regarding what God has revealed about himself, that he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows the end from the beginning. Wait to see what you'll choose. Because either choice would have brought them glory. And I've watched with my parents who are healthy, for the most part, as any human can be, but healthy parents, I've watched them enjoy and even live vicariously through watching me versus trying to interact to control me. So I know what the Father in Heaven's like because many times He doesn't talk to me because He can't wait to see what I'll choose. Oh, yeah. You know what the Father in Heaven's like because, yeah. Well, wouldn't we need a revelation from God that says that's what the Father's like? Because what what you're claiming here is the exact opposite of what God actually reveals about Himself. All right, now moving along, before we actually get into this next portion of the program, you know, again, we're talking about fresh revelations. Um, we need to actually take a look at that old stale thing, you know, the Bible. Yeah, I know. Who wants to read that? I mean, that's, and we're going to go into the Old Testament. Oh, no, that's like really old revelation. It's like, Oh, man, more than 2,000 years old. Oh, this can't be relevant. I know, I know, I, I apologize. But we need to understand something in a particular text in context before we actually play the next part. So if you have your Bible, open up to Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. We're going to have to pay attention to a particular referent, and I'm going to point out something that's in this text that you need to understand. Then we're going to look at what Patricia King and Clarice Fluitt do with this. Yeah, here we go. So Haggai chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Here's what it says. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh, came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? You're going, okay, what's going on here? Here's the context. Haggai is a prophet who prophesied post-Babylonian exile, and so the exiles are coming back from Babylon to Jerusalem, 
And, well, Solomon's temple, hmm, yeah, no more. No. Solomon's temple is no more. And what they've put in its place is shabby, ugly, inferior to Solomon's temple. So this is what what Haggai is prophesying about, that in their eyes, the current temple there in Jerusalem is just so inferior, right? So God speaking through the prophet Haggai, says this. All right, so how do you see it now? Is it nothing in your eyes? Verse 4, Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst, Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, God here is prophesying through Haggai, speaking through Haggai, that the latter glory of this house, which would be the temple, will be greater than the former. Now, the question then comes up is this, is is Herod's temple of greater glory than Solomon's? It's not really the referent. Because who is it that came into the temple that would be built. It was none other than Jesus himself. And it is in that latter house, in that latter glory, that God gives peace to the whole world through the shed blood of Christ. So the latter glory is literally making a reference to the one who would come into the temple himself, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God incarnate. Yeah, so... That's what's going on in Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. You need to know that by way of context so that we can, you know, because what we're going to do next, let's just put it this way, Patricia King is going to get right to it. So moving along. So are you one of those senior citizens, you know, feel like your life is all dried up, may as well be a spiritual prune? Well, don't worry, Patricia King and... Clarice Fluid are here to explain how the latter glory is going to exceed the former glory in your life. Apparently, this is a word that God gave to Patricia King. Here we go. The latter glory of your house is going to be greater than the former. How do I know that? It's because the Lord said so. Yeah, um, the your house is not me. It was the temple And the glory that was being prophesied there was the glory of Jesus coming into the temple and making peace with God for us. Yeah, so she's hijacked a text that is clearly about Jesus and claims it's about you. How do we know this? Well, we continue. So we can take hold of that and live it. The Lord gave me a word not too long ago, and he said concerning um, the generation of seniors that's alive in the earth today oh yeah the generation of seniors yeah wow yeah maybe the reason why she's focusing in on the seniors is because you know 
let's just put it bluntly here. Young folks don't have money. Seniors have money. that that generation of seniors has the potential, has the invitation to be the most powerful, the most fruitful, the most mighty, the most prosperous, and the wisest generation of seniors that has ever lived in the earth since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't you want to be part of the wisest group of seniors ever? Is bringing a new revelation of his eternal life in the past. Yeah, I don't think so of that life that is living on the inside of us. He's going to be giving us fresh vision so that we don't perish, but that we... Oh, yeah. We need that fresh vision so we don't perish. And, of course, Patricia King, she gets fresh vision and revelation, like, on a daily basis. Live in the, in the fullness of all that he has for us to live in. We're going to see people rise up with rejuvenation and, and, and newness of life, like never before. Oh, yeah. This is what he's offering us. So really, that's what God's offering us? No, I'll pass. I'll take the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, the real things that are promised to us. I'm going to talk about that today when we look at change and embracing change with my good friend, Dr. Clarice Fluett. And it's always a pleasure to have you with us. It's so exciting to be with people of like nature and ability. Absolutely. <laughs> like nature and ability, yeah, both deceivers and with a very... Well, amazing ability to deceive. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we're running together with this whole thing on senior. Yeah, like two thieves, yeah. On the front line. Right. And it's, it's because we want to see a generation of seniors give the glory to God like never before. And No, you want to see the, a generation of seniors give money to XP Media like never before. We want to redefine what seniors means because a lot of times people have this concept of a senior being in a hospital bed or, you know, needing care and things like that. So we're going to redefine that. Well, and also knowing that you're as old as you feel, if you want to say, I'm feeling this or feeling that, say what you want. You know, the kingdom of God's a kingdom of words. It's voice activated. Come on. And oh, yeah. So the kingdom of God is a kingdom of words and it's voice activated. Says no biblical text anywhere. So when we begin to agree with God, you're not getting older, you're getting better. He said, if you'll satisfy your mouth with the word of God, he says, I you're not getting older, you're getting better. I mean, oh, man, I can hardly wait. All I have to do is start blabbing things about myself. And next thing you know, I'll be, oh, I'll look like I did when I was 17. I can hardly wait. All I have to do is start speaking young words over myself renew your strength yeah. your vigor your vitality so we have opportunities to be challenged yeah because everybody knows that passage talking about the lord renewing our strength means that we're going to get younger not older but not until we've already been given the knowledge right. to know what to do right so. now i know that you probably won't mind me saying this and if you do i'll repent later <laughs> but um but you're a woman in your mid to late 70s uh -huh. who has just gone for it in the lord and it's like you you can outstrip most young people. I mean, with your schedule, what you do with your life, the fruitfulness that you are bringing forth. I mean, you are a model to so many, and you look fabulous. You know, you. Have, yeah, it's amazing what makeup and a good hairstylist will do. Have just, you know, just been such a model for many to look at and say, you know what? When I grow up, I want to be like Dr. Clarice Fluett, and I've heard many people actually say that. Um, but. 
tell us a little bit about your journey because the Lord had you embrace a change not oh, that yes. many years yes. ago and you had a certain perception of that but then God turned it around well we you know words are so powerful and you'll hear me reiterate on that all the time and God yeah not God is but your words are where it has the power to perform itself. Right. And so we we are people making a choice. Whose report will you believe? You know. Oh, yeah. Whose report will you believe? If you go to the doctor because, you know, you're not feeling well, you know, you have symptoms of something and they run some tests and, get, and the tests come back, oh, well, you got really, you got stage four cancer. Whose report are you going to believe? The doctor's report or God's word? Yeah, this is setting people up for all kinds of failure. And, a collapse of their faith at the very end because God doesn't promise that if you speak positive words over yourself, that somehow that means that you're going to be able to decree and declare health when you've been diagnosed with cancer. And so as we begin to age, and sometimes it's not so gracefully, and you find different Mm -hmm. things going on in your flesh, and you think, wait a minute, am I going to believe the Word of God and receive what He says? Facts and truth are not always the same, Patricia. Oh, yeah. Facts and truth. They're just, they sometimes can be different. You know that. The facts may be that I'm oppressed, suppressed, repressed, depressed, and possibly possessed, but the truth is the Word of God. That's and we right. have to choose to go with that. So, with my journey after 40 years of ministry, of pastoring, and just set into the. Uh, pastoring, really. Yeah. Um, God's Word forbids you to be a pastor, Clarice. Church, 100%. Thank God for that. The journey yeah. was wonderful, and you learn a, a tremendous amount. You begin to reason. I tell people sometimes reason is nothing but doubt in disguise, and doubt yes, is the spirit of the Antichrist. I mean, it it's a, you begin. Oh, yeah. You don't want to use reason. That'll, that'll destroy everything, yeah. Doubt God's word that mm-hmm. says, with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, yes, with God, all things are possible. That does not mean that God will do all things. Because Christ himself makes it clear that the things we ask according to his name in accordance with his will are the things that he will do. God is God. When we pray, sometimes the answer is yes. When we pray, sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is, well, we'll wait and see. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where uh, just because... God is capable of doing all things doesn't mean that if we just have positive, healthy words and decree and declare things over ourselves that God is beholden to do the impossible for us. So we have to have those areas of our life tested. The trying of our faith makes God happy. So here in the midst of getting ready to retire, and I said, oh, God, now we need to know how to turn the church over to people who are younger, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. And then suddenly, just as though God was not paying any attention to what I was saying and getting my plans out, he said uh, to me, he says, learn a new language. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, dear God, I don't want to learn. I don't want to do that. And he said, yes, he says, learn a new language. And finally, I said, what language is that? He says, learn how to speak like a marketplace engineer. Wow. He says, learn. And, and I th- yeah, marketplace engineers, apparently they speak a, a completely different language. Yeah. Why? You know, why at this point in my life would you do that? He says, because now I'm getting ready to start your ministry. Because you were about 72 then, I was right? 72 years old at that time. We have five grown children, 13 grandchildren, great-grandchildren. It and how was, many churches were you overseeing at, at the time? At that particular time, ministries and churches, about 45. About 45 churches. Mm-hmm. And so you had all that responsibility. and you Commi- been- Yeah, how much you want to bet they're not hearing the word 
of God in any of those churches. To it, for, permitted to for it. years. Oh yeah. And then you're thinking, okay, it's time to pass the baton. Oh yeah. Thinking maybe in your mind that okay, well maybe I'll just pass the baton. That'll be it. But God had another plan because He was going to refresh your vision. Well, I was beginning <laughs> to think of myself. You know, my husband would just be like mom and pop, and we'll go <laughs> and see the children and say good work and just be exhorters and edifiers. And there's right. there's a place for that. Right. But pioneers live differently than settlers. I'm yes. telling you. And I start. Oh, she claims to be a pioneer, which means she's claiming for herself to be an apostle. Out as a pioneer. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, when the Lord says, learn a new language, and I said, what is that? And he says, the marketplace. I'm sending you to the marketplace. And I thought, how in the world will I make that transition? What will I tell mm-hmm. people? And then God began to send prophets uh-huh. like Kim Clement and Bill mm-hmm. Hammond and, and like your. <laughs> Kim Clement and Bill Hammond, both false prophets. Yeah, yeah different I ones that, prophesying Yeah, over I thought, you. oh, Lord. And, and I, I always teach people that prophetic words do not come to inform you what to do. It's to confirm to you what God has already right. said. And the confirming word, Bill Hammond said to me one time, he says, people are going to think you've completely lost your mind, that you've lost your faith and you've gone astray. And I thought, well, that's an encouraging word. (laughs) But following God is not always the simplest thing in the world to do. And he opened the door. I had gone to, I just love this. I had gone to hear a man named Zig Ziglar with an organization called Get Motivated. Yeah, Zig Ziglar, another false teacher. With thousands of people there, and I yeah, kind of akin to the mind sciences, yeah. My husband, I said, honey, I said the man is preaching. I mean, he's using the vernacular sure. of the day, but the the essence of truth was there because he was speaking the language of the world. But of God the was world, using and them. people were just eating it Come up on. like chicken. I mean, they were after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could see all of that excitement. So when we left the place i said to george i said honey i said i think i'm supposed to be a motivational speaker he said darling you are one yeah. and i said no i i'm gonna change i'm not gonna change my message i'm gonna change my crowd i'm gonna learn to speak a language Come that on. will touch the hearts of these people where they are because you cannot spend all your life behind the safety or the sanctity of the right. church i know that's hard to say to people they don't understand no, all right so apparently god called her to be a motivational speaker to pagans yeah, not that finances would have anything to do with that. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, hour number one, we're quickly drawing to a close here. I think you kind of get the idea. We're talking about fresh revelations. Um, call me silly. Call me old-fashioned. Call me irrelevant. Just don't call me late for dinner. But um, I'm going to go with the written word of God here. I haven't been blessed edified, built up, or pointed to Christ in any of these fresh revelations. I've been pointed to uh, other people. All right, we're up on our second break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you could subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're heading down to the Grace Center in Franklin, Tennessee, And uh, another, well, a sermon based upon direct revelation. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. No itching ears are scratched here. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. Pirate Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? 
Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. All right, we're back. Hour number two of Fighting for the Faith. In this fresh revelation episode boy this is fresh all right but doesn't sound like anything i'd want to consume let's do this right the bad, the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon comes to us via Grace Center, Franklin, Texas. Jeff Duller presiding. Name of the sermon is titled, What Used to Work? What Used to Work? And you'll notice we'll get a little bit of fresh revelation in here, um, which doesn't sound at all biblical to me. In fact, it sounds quite contradictory to what Scripture actually says. So let me go ahead and back off on the music, and without any further ado, here's Jeff Dollar and What Used to Work. You guys ready? You mark? Get set? Um, this week, or as a, no, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, felt like the Lord said something, and then when the Lord speaks to me, he, he'll, so the Lord speaks to you outside of the Bible, really? He'll drop one line, a name, a phrase, 
and just continues to build on that. The phrase that he said to me was, what used to work before, not going to work now. Or what used to work... That's weird because faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Yeah, um, that means it's the Bible, the preaching of law and gospel, sin and grace, repentance and the forgiveness of sins, as Jesus has told us to be doing and preaching, that the Holy Spirit uses to cause people to be brought to penitent faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So you're saying that God says that his word doesn't work anymore, that his word has become powerless? Really? That's what God told you? Work yesterday does not work tomorrow. What used to work yesterday may not work today. And so I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? And I knew he Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What are you talking about? You're not hearing from God. You're hearing from the other place. You might want to check your connection. He was talking about church. I knew he was talking about, um, I, I think, uh, Grace Center, that the church, capital C, especially in the West, we are on the precipice of a huge shift. Yeah, and about to go over the cliff, apparently. In church. And uh, I remember hearing Mike Bickle talk about uh, back in the 80s that the Lord spoke audibly to him. And, and he's not speaking the truth. He didn't hear from God. said, I'm going to change the way church. In one generation, I'm going to change the way church looks. And I thought, oh, wow, what in the world does that mean? And I'm still looking for that. I think that we are in the middle of this shift. And so I got to thinking about that, that phrase, what used to work yesterday won't work tomorrow. And I thought... Notice he's exegeting that as if it's actually from God when it isn't. Are there any business models that are out there that, that, that maybe could uh, uh, help uh, facilitate or give us a picture of this? And, and um, so... Yeah, we won't go to the Bible. We'll go to the business world. Got it. Blockbuster Video. Blockbuster Video is a little bit of an enigma, a business enigma, because they were at the height of the height. They were, they were trendsetters in what they were doing. They were a trendsetter, and yet they went bankrupt. Matter of fact, <clears throat> um, their head of digital strategy says, we, we're strategically better positioned than almost anybody out there. Never in my wildest dreams would I have aimed this high. In 1992, Blockbuster is the undisputed video rental leader in the nation. With over 2,800 stores worldwide, they later grew to 9,000 stores worldwide. Later, Viacom buys Blockbuster for $8.4 billion. So at the height of their success, what used to work before now doesn't work. And someone else came on the scene. In 2000, in the year 2000, the founder of a fledgling company called Netflix, his name is Reed Hastings, flew to Dallas to propose a partnership to the Blockbuster CEO and team. And the idea was, was that Netflix would run Blockbuster's brand online 
and Blockbuster's firm would promote the Netflix in its stores. And he got laughed out of the office. And then yeah, that, that, that proves the church can't do what it's done in, you know, for two millennia. No, it's got to do something totally different now, apparently. Yeah, because you know, God's word doesn't work anymore. Apparently, it's no longer living and active. It, it's incapable of actually doing anything. And then we know what happened next. <laughs> Blockbuster went bankrupt in 2010, and now Netflix is a $28 billion a year company, about 10 times the size of Blockbuster. I was reading in a, uh, an article uh, in Forbes magazine. I'm going to quote this. The final quote. The, the title of it is, is a look back at why Blockbuster really failed and why it didn't have to. Here's what they said. The irony is that Blockbuster failed because its leadership had a well-oiled operational machine. It was a very tight network that could execute with extreme efficiency but here's the kicker, but poorly suited to let in new information. That was the, there's, there's several other factors involved, but that was the overarching statement. The summary, so to speak, of this article was they were poorly suited to let in new information. I feel like that the Lord is saying to the church. You feel like that the Lord is saying to the church, why on earth should I believe that your feelings have anything to do with God communicating something to us? Because Jesus said to go and proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins to all nations beginning with Jerusalem. He also says in Matthew 28 to make disciples of all nations baptizing and teaching all that he has commanded, and he is with us always, even to the end of the age. If Jesus is the one who turns somebody into a Christian through his means, then why on earth would God the Holy Spirit give you a feeling that he's communicating to you that, well, well, what's worked in the past will no longer work moving forward? That's absurd. Yeah, we Christians are to be doing the same thing, and preaching the same thing until Christ returns. Capital C, but it's also including Grace Center. Grace Center, what used to work before, it's not going to work in the future. Lies from the devil. Yeah, yeah. basically the devil saying God's word doesn't work no more. Better get rid of it. There's going to have to be a shift. I want to play you something. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a man here, uh, Dick Joyce, and uh, he gave a word here. Listen to this. So I just ask if he would give this house a father's blessing. And so, yeah. Join hands. Join hands. <laughs> Whoa. Father, you told me several years ago. When I went to a place, if they receive the word of the Lord, as it is the word of the Lord, not just the word of man, that I would have the authority to stand and put your blessing upon that place. 
Oh, if they receive the word of the Lord via this guy, not the Bible, but via the, the whatever the Lord is speaking through this Joyce character, right? And so since pastor has asked this, and you told me several years ago that that would be my portion, I stand in the midst of this people and I speak fullness of the blessing of the Lord on this house. Yeah, that's awful nice of you. But uh, did you actually preach the word correctly? Proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Exalt Christ and him crucified for our sins. I speak the word that marriages that are on the point of disintegration would be healed in the name of Jesus. Marriages that are already strong and and solid would be even more solidified and unified. I speak the homes of this congregation would become embassies of the kingdom of God. I speak that as, as embassies in the natural, natural national embassies have the right to issue visas so that people can go to their country. God, these people are going to be able to issue visas to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, really? I speak that embassies of the kingdom of God through this congregation will be all around this, this region. I speak in the name of Jesus that the unemployment rate of this church will be zero. Zero unemployment at Grace Center. Oh, man, if, you're, if you need a job, you better head over there quick, you know. Anybody that wants to work will work. I speak the doors will open. I speak favor. Those that are already working, their bosses, their employers. If... But he's not speaking the word of God. This is just stuff he's making up off the top of his head and saying it's from God. If they're not the employer themselves, their their employers, their supervisors will look and say, Wow, I am blessed to have him. I'm blessed to have her as part of my staff. And I speak that there will be raises and promotions and that there will be generosity, as we spoke in the, in the um, confession this morning, the offertory confession. There will be a spirit of generosity upon these people to expand the kingdom of God. I speak the word, the blessing of the Lord. As I already said, this house will be a house of deliverance. This house will be a house of salvation. And I want to speak over this house a harvest of souls not just burned over people from other churches coming to this place not just burned out Christians who are discouraged with their own churches but Lord raw recruits we speak the word of raw recruits and my God let the harvest be great let the harvest be great so great that this auditorium would be inadequate in order to house what you're going to be doing in this place. Father, bring the wounded. Pastor, as David was rejected by the authorities that be, but went to the cave of Adullam, I think that's how you pronounce that, He went to that cave and the debtors, the distressed, and the discontent came to him 
and he formed a great army around them. So God is going to begin to bring unsaved people this to this place that are in debt, not only in debt financially, just emotionally indebted, that are distressed, disheartened, discouraged, and there will be a wisdom upon this pastor and a wisdom upon this house to put people... It's like we don't even need the Bible anymore. Weird, huh? ...people back together again. This is a really weird... This is a really weird word. I've had it a few times. Great prophecy. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. What? That's your prophecy, Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. But Jesus could. I see broken people like scrambled eggs coming to this place. I see false prophets having to get a, give an account before Jesus for all these nonsensical words rather than those who preach the word of God. Yeah, this is... Ugh. God's going to give this house the ability to put lives back together. The Rolls-Royce crowd isn't going to pull on to this parking lot. I mean, a few of them might, but not in great numbers. The people that God is going to... Is there a great number of Rolls-Royce people out there? I thought they were kind of in the, uh, you know, 1% of income earners. The call to this place are people that are in bondage and addiction, slaves. But this house will put people back together again. Hallelujah! Give the Lord a praise offering. For what? It's a great word. It's a great encouragement. It's it, it was nonsense. It wasn't great at all. Part of the call that's on this house, one of the things that, that getting back to what used to work is not going to work, here's why. The addictions, the bondage, the, all the stuff that they're talking about, which we have people in this room that are actually addicted to stuff. And there's another word that I want to use for addictions. It's actually uh, BEEPS. BEEPS is actually an acronym. And uh, the acronym stands for behaviors, events, experiences, people, substance, substances. Let me say something real quick. All root causes... Of all addictions can be traced back to one thing, attachment deficits. No, it can be traced back to our sinful natures. You don't even know your Bible, sir. Say, Jeff, what are you talking about? The way that we attach because of life, because of the messiness of life, because of whatever, divorce. or Because of sin. Or, or death, or, or your parents were workaholics or whatever, somehow you were left out. You, the ability to, to connect, to attach, is actually, there's a void there. There's a deficit. All oh, no, attachment deficit disorder. That's the real cause. It ain't sin, it's that. All um, uh, uh, 
All of this is a result. All, all, all addictions, I'm sorry, all addictions are the result of a attachment deficit. Okay? Scientifically proven. Beeps, beeps take the place of joyful life-giving connections with God and with others. It's meant to be like this. What used to work before is not going to work. There is a whole generation that's being raised up that wants nothing to do with church. Uh, That would be all of us by nature. You familiar with Ephesians 2? We're all born dead in trespasses and sins. Hello? You know what they want? Community. Uh, (laughs) So what? It doesn't matter if they want community. It doesn't matter if they want individuality. It doesn't matter. They're dead in trespasses and sins. The only thing that's going to raise them to life is the preaching of Christ and him crucified for their sins. I'm like, dear God, how is there become a dichotomy between church and community? But the model that people are experiencing of church is just showing up, sitting down, standing up, putting a buck in the plate and leaving just as lonely, leaving just as lonely as they were when they came, it was when they came in. Look at all the lonely people putting money in the bucket. Yeah, I, I totally butchered that. And that's got to change. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so... I- yeah, no... Biblical text, just him making stuff up, saying it's from God. I believe, uh, church, Grace Center, that this word that Dick Joyce just gave us is actually a direction that we are headed towards. This is the whole- yeah, you're heading off the cliff into the abyss and to the Great Lake of Fire. If you keep listening to that stuff, open up your Bible, sir. Part of the Lord. It's God's desire to, to uh, God. Yeah, it's God's plan to bring transformation to your city. Transformation happens one on one. Can happen. And there you go, snapping fingers like a hypnotist. But in bulk, but it happens one on one. And so this thing that the kingdom church is meant to be lived out hor- horizon- vertically and horizontally. Right. Yeah. What about diagonally? You know what I'm saying? So here's where here's what's going to rub us just a little bit. What used to work before, if you're used to coming in to this building on a Sunday morning and sitting down yeah. and waiting for someone to come and say hello to you, what used to work before is not going to work in the future. Oh, yeah. Consider my mind blown. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So people are going to greet me as I'm coming in then, right? If you're a member of this house, if you're a member of Grace Center, if you consider you have joined this church. I know what it's like to sit out there. I did it for several years. There was something that was over this house where I remember Becky and I would come to church. Would it be a roof? Maybe the clouds? What was over the house? And be so discouraged because no one would come over and say hello to us. One day the Lord said, hey, Jeff, if I've called you to lead in something, that means you'd be the first one to do something. Like, (laughs) What? Yeah, notice his mind's blown by direct revelation that he claims is coming from God. Uh, but yeah, the written word of God, yeah, it really doesn't seem to have a priority for him. Weird. So if you're used, this is just a small microcosm. If you're used to coming in and sitting down and not talking to anybody, and you're a member of this church, tag, you're it. 
what used to work. But, and you know what? You might not like this. You might not like this at all. And, and I, I totally get that. I'm not trying to front you out or anything. I'm just saying we are called to be involved in people's lives, in each other's lives. No one... This is what we're trying to talk to, to, to the men about. Men, you're not expected to navigate life by yourself. None of you are. That's why- Now notice, he has yet to even like allude to a biblical text. The written word of God has not made any kind of appearance in this sermon yet. Now we're doing this different model of, of, of men's ministry on Sunday nights, once a month. There's no real format. We just try to get into each other's lives by asking three simple questions. And that's, we're trying to develop trust. We're trying, nothing happens faster than the speed of trust. Wow. Oh, wow. Nothing happened. Well, I don't have any trust for you because you don't preach the word of God. All right. Here we go. This is what I think it's supposed to look like. In Acts chapter 2. All right, first time the Bible really is mentioned. Let's see if the Bible actually teaches this, what used to work, Revelation thingy. We see a snapshot of revival. Uh, no, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. There's an overview. If you could picture a helicopter flying over this enormous outpouring that's happened uh, uh, in the book of Acts, this is what they're reporting. The reporter's saying this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. People interacting with people. people. Yeah, you kind of skipped the important part. That, that The great miracle of Pentecost was not the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was the sermon Peter preached under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which led so many to penitent faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. Yeah, you need to go and you know actually read the text. You know, the sermon was fantastic. Even points out that they're guilty of crucifying Christ. People interacting with God. They sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in homes, shared their meals, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Hello? Of all people. What did God do? He added to their fellowship those who were being saved on a day-to-day basis. This is where we're headed. Why? You don't even preach the apostles' teaching. But what used to work, the model that we're in right now, the model of isolation and, and uh, you know, uh, what attachment deficits, those all need to be healed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, those model wounds, yeah, they all got to get healed, you know. That's why we have such a great assortment of tools here in this place to get your heart healed. I'm doing it. I'm meeting with Christine on Tuesday. I was one of those that raised my hand high. So, okay, I'm three minutes over. Let's stand. All right, he's done. Wow, that was perfectly awful. So, uh, yeah, the Bible makes a cameo appearance out there at the end, um, only in order to support 
his claim that he had received a direct revelation from God, and the direct revelation was really to the idea that, hey, what worked in the past ain't going to work in the future. In other words, uh, you know, preaching and proclaiming Christ and him crucified for our sins, of devoid, devoting yourself to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread. Yeah, none of that's going to work anymore. Yeah, no, there's some new thing that God's going to do. Don't know what it looks like, but yeah. What what God did for 2,000 years as far as making disciples, yeah, it ain't going to do it no more. All right. Yeah, so there you go. A whole episode uh, devoted to fresh revelations and outpourings and things like that. And uh, you'll notice that uh, all that fresh stuff uh, created a t- complete desert wilderness where there wasn't even like a cold drink of water of the Word of God, the real Word of God. Uh-huh. So the, uh, those out there claiming to be receiving the direct revelations, getting the fresh things that God is saying and all, they twist God's word and then they hide it, get get rid of it. And they preach their dreams and visions and exegete those things as if that's the word that God has to speak to his church rather than the written word of God. Uh-huh. And they're not hearing nothing from the real God at all. Because what they're saying is totally contradicting what God has said in his written word. Something to think about. What'd you think? Love to get your feedback if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith. You can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ as by death on the cross for all your sins. Amen. <laughs>